This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Welcome to the Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. If you've missed any of my talk radio breakfast show, don't worry. We've put some of the punchiest bits of this morning's show into a bite-sized podcast. The Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. Enjoy. Talk radio. Julia Hartley Brewer at breakfast on Talk Radio. Good morning to you. This is Talk Radio Breakfast with me, Julia Hartley Brewer, Dave Chawner's comedian. He's still joining me. We'll get his thoughts on my next interviewee in just a few moments. He is, of course, Business Minister Nadim Sahawi, who joins us now. Good morning to you. Good morning, Julia. Good morning. Now, I know we're going to be talking about uh, some of the investment coming from the government to help heritage organisations, but I must talk to you first about the announcement we are expecting later today, uh, and that is an announcement of a new sort of local lockdown furlough scheme from the Chancellor paying workers two-thirds of their wages if they are forced to close uh, businesses in local areas due to a virus infection increasing. Um, is, is, Is that as far as it's going to go? And if so, is that going to be enough to actually save an awful lot of businesses an awful lot of jobs well throughout this crisis i think the chancellor and the prime minister and the whole government has demonstrated uh, our priority to wrap our arms around the economy around jobs with furlough then extending furlough making it more flexible with bounce back loans so furloughs at 50 billion now uh, bounce back loans about 38 billion in total about 190 billion has uh, gone into the economy to protect jobs the chancellor will outline uh, later today uh, uh, any further uh, help for uh, businesses uh, uh, in lockdown areas. And I'm, uh, I'm not going to preempt him on your programme, however much you would love me to do so, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure I won't be able to tempt you either. This is an ongoing issue, though, with the government, isn't it? That we have, have rumours about local lockdowns or new measures to come in. We're not quite sure where. We're not quite sure what. Very unnerving, very unsettling, very difficult for businesses to plan. You know, if you're opening, if you have a restaurant or a, a cafe, a bar or a pub in large swathes of the country, you don't know whether you need to be ordering food and drink or whether you're not. A lot of that obviously perishable. You don't know whether to put your staff on the rotor for next week or not. No idea what sort of help you're going to get. No idea whether you're going to need 
need that help. It all comes out in drips and drabs in leaks. Uh, and, and then we get the full proper announcement, usually in the wrong order. This is the bad stuff. And then we don't hear about the good news that can help people. Do you think an awful lot of the issues the government has got right now, and we know that the, the polls are showing less and less support for the government, is actually, you know, it's not necessarily the policy so much as the poor communication of that policy? Well, look, I agree with you um, uh, when you say leaks are um, really damaging and corrosive and, and, and wrong. It is a fast moving situation. Um, I, I think people appreciate uh, that. If, you know, last uh, Thursday, uh, infections were at, uh, just shy of 7,000. Uh, yesterday, uh, Thursday, um, they are at 17,000. So I, you know, for, your, for your listeners, I just wanted to demonstrate the, the, the sort of urgency of the situation, which is why we're having to take the measures we're taking in consultation with local leaders and, of course, public health, uh, local teams. Um, but I think the Chancellor has demonstrated throughout this crisis that he's prepared uh, uh, to do you know, everything that he can do to protect jobs, to protect the, the hospitality sector, the hospitality sector who I speak to on a regular basis, as many of the ministers in the business department do, were very appreciative of the VAT cut, of the business rates, of uh, the grants from local government, of course, bounce back loans as well as uh, you know, other help that we have delivered already, including in some of the lockdown areas where if you're closed down for three weeks, you get £1,500. Uh, he went further with the winter uh, plan uh, in terms of help uh, for uh, jobs with uh, the, the uh, scheme that uh, the government will effectively pay uh, uh, part of the one third of the salary uh, if uh, people are kept on part time because of the restrictions, you know, on table service and so on. And then, of course, if you keep people on till uh, the end of January, uh, you get the uh, the bonus as well, a thousand pounds per per individual you keep on. Yeah, so a lot of help. But but we, you know, we continue to monitor every intervention. I don't think that you know you would criticise us for that, but it is a fast-moving situation, and as I say, the Chancellor will make a a, 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 you know, a statement on what we will do to what we are going to do to help areas if they okay. do need to go further. Well, I hate to tell you, I would criticise you for some of those interventions. I, I worry, and a lot of people, including a lot of medical experts uh, uh, around the world, are worrying that actually a lot of this is about being seen to do something rather than doing what will actually uh, actually help to suppress uh, the virus and being, and, being, and being a bit more perhaps proportionate with the reaction. Um, we've spoken to a number of leaders of local areas uh, today. I mean, Dan Jarvis from Sheffield and leader of Leeds City Council, Judith Blake. And we've spoken to numerous others, Andy Byrne, from Manchester and, and Rotherham uh, as well from uh, Liverpool and to a man and a woman they've said the same thing for weeks now please can you let us make local decisions please give us the local powers to tackle this as best we can uh, why is the government insisting on this top-down over centralized approach well I, with respect I don't recognize that I sit on the local action committee uh, goal where we look at the data on a daily basis the people who present the data by the are the local uh, public health teams who know their area best better than anyone we try and make sure we absolutely communicate all of that work with the local political leadership whether it's andy burdham or dan jarvis or steve rotherham or others as well um we will endeavor to continue to do that to the best of our abilities all i would ask everyone to do is to set political differences aside it was you know heartbreaking to hear Keir Starmer's front benches talk about, you know, don't let a good crisis go to waste. This is not the time to make political uh, you know, uh, point scoring on this. So let's work together to okay. make sure we suppress the virus. As I said to you, you know, 
the, the worst of all worlds, and you will understand, Julia, uh, 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 you know, exponential growth can very quickly ramp up. And once it gets out of control, it's very hard to bring it back under control, which yeah. is why we're taking this local strategy. The WHO has commended us on our local uh, strategy. It's the right thing to do, and we've got to continue to work together. These are difficult times, Julia. I, you know, there are no sort of easy answers to any of this. You know, I do this with a heavy heart as the business and industry minister when I'm you know, having to talk to the hospitality industry or the aviation industry as to why we're having to make these decisions. OK, well, let's also just talk finally. I know you need to go. We could get top of the hour. But heritage organisations across the country are set to receiving to receive a financial boost from the government uh, out of a £1.57 billion culture recovery fund to help them through. Uh, 445 organisations are going to share £103 million to keep open. Again, um, sounds like big sums of money, but sounds you know stretched over so many different organisations. Is this going to be enough to keep a lot of our major sort of cultural icons and heritage open? Well, this is the first tranche of the 1.57 billion uh, that we're putting in, and it's going to um, places like Gloucester Cathedral, where the spires were used in Harry Potter, and uh, Highclere Castle, you know, Downton Abbey, and of course to the uh, uh, River and Canal Trust, which Stratford on Avon clearly uh, uh, you know, is important to us. Uh, it's important that we make sure these you know, cultural icons, this cultural uh, uh, heart of our country uh, is both maintained, allowed to survive this, this, this uh, you know, COVID challenge, but also can, can also do some essential repairs as well. And so this is the first tranche that we're announcing today of that 1.57 okay. billion that we're putting in. Um, are we supposed to be protecting and celebrating our heritage? I thought we were all supposed to be sort of whipping ourselves, self-flagellating uh, over our racist uh, and slavery past. Are we, are we trying to maintain our culture anymore? Absolutely, we're trying to maintain our culture um, uh, and we should be very proud of our culture. I, my parents were immigrants uh, 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 to these lands in 1978. I can tell you uh, that uh, you know, British values and British culture is a huge export worldwide, including, of course, the greatest of them all, William Shakespeare. Online, on DAB and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. 
Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. the UK, online, on DAB, and on your smart speaker, Talk Radio. We know we've spoken many times uh, to uh, Andy Burnham, the mayor of, uh, of the Greater Manchester, and, and he said, you know, repeatedly he's had meetings and a lot of this local lockdown measures simply haven't been discussed, haven't been mentioned. There's been a lot of criticism from many of our guests representing uh, the cities across the north of England that they just have not been consulted about these measures. They're finding out about them uh, in the newspapers or on the radio or telly rather than the government ministers consulting with them and they want to have local powers. What are your feelings there in Manchester? Julia, I completely agree. You know, I'm here on the ground in Greater Manchester. There is so much anger. This government has talked about levelling up, levelling up. Well, I'm sorry, when are you going to put measures in place in the whole of the north? At least consult and work with the leaders. The way Andy Burnham, Greater Manchester Mayor, Steve Rotherham, Mayor of City Region, Liverpool, found out was exactly the way we found out on social media when this was leaked by the government to the press. And he was so passionate last night on question time. I mean, they need to be working with us right now. For me, for many people, this feels like we sat back in the grey 80s where the north-south divide is wider than it's ever been before. And indeed, this was such a big issue for the Prime Minister. I mean, obviously, you know, Brexit was the dominating issue at the election in December. Uh, but one of the other big issues was about, you know, what they wanted to do in terms of levelling up. And we know um, the, 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 the stats in terms of, you know, economic life chances, income, um, education, health outcomes across the board. Um, we know that, that, that uh, it, it, you know, it, 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 these stats are not as good for the North as they are for the South. It was all about levelling up. And, and every guest we've had today from uh, great northern cities has said, you know, this, this is actually going to lead to levelling down. How much do you think what the Chancellor's going to announce today? Rishi Sunak, we understand, is going to announce some new version of a furlough scheme. It ends, of course, October the 31st, but something that will be specific for these local areas that are facing local lockdowns, paying workers, we understand. But again, it's another leak. We don't know. Two thirds of their wages. Is that going to be enough, particularly for the people that you're representing and, and, um, and advising as a nighttime economy advisor, um, who are going to have to say make a decision maybe today whether or not they're going to order stock for next week, not knowing whether, for instance, they're going to be able to be open at all next week. Well, no, you're quite right. I agree with all your points. I mean, the devil's going to be in the details. Do I think the Chancellor was always going to announce something today? No, I don't. I think he saw the absolute outcry from the hospitality industry yesterday and the public. 
Let's not forget that the hospitality industry, the nighttime economy, is the fifth biggest industry in the whole of the UK. In Greater Manchester here alone, we employ north of 420,000 people. Those 420,000 people have woken up today anxious, fearful. They don't know if they can pay their rent next month. They don't know if they can put food on the table. It's simply not good enough. And I'll tell you something else, Julia. I predicted when the 10 p.m. curfew came in, as other operators did as well, we were going to see overcrowded supermarkets, overcrowded public transport, overcrowded takeaways. That's exactly what happened. We all saw it. And I will now predict that this weekend, because of this stupid leaked report, that we're going to see everybody out in the pubs, restaurants, because it now feels like it's the last opportunity to yeah. go to them before this lockdown. I've got to be honest, that, that's, what I, that's exactly what I'd been doing. And again, most of us were sensible enough to predict that this was what was ha- happening. And the evidence that's been given that it's pubs and restaurants and bars that are the problem, um, there was this, as we, we were told, cobbled together data uh, presented in a scientific briefing by Chris Whitty and Edward Argo, the, uh, uh, the health minister yesterday to some MPs, showing that 30% of exposure have been in pubs and restaurants, but but their own test and trace system says it's 5% of exposures. It seems really obvious to me that, yeah, if someone fills out a questionnaire and says where they've been in the last couple of weeks, the people who will have had a chance of having the virus, well, of course they're the people who've been out and about and have gone to the pub, gone to the restaurant. It doesn't mean that's where they caught it. We know that most people catch the virus from their loved ones in close quarters at home. And, 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 and so we're basically telling people we're sending them back home to catch the virus, aren't we? Exactly. So, and I, I will give you one horrifying stat that I saw this morning, only 20 minutes ago. This new contact trace app that we all downloaded, or most of us downloaded a couple of weeks ago, out of the millions of hits, guess how many hits were associated to a venue in hospitality? One. That's it. One hit. Wow. I mean, it is laughable. We've been calling out for scientific evidence because you know what? Show us the evidence and we will work with the government. I don't understand why, when you're sat in a restaurant, for example, that's operating at 50%, why they couldn't have spoken to operators like myself and said, right, what do we do to stagger egress for 10 o'clock? Okay, stop serving alcohol, but let people finish off the meals and leave in an orderly fashion. We could have prevented this absolute lockdown that's coming yeah. if they just worked the industry. They haven't. Somebody is making knee-jerk decisions within government and I'll tell you now it's not an operator because they have not got a clue what they're doing online on DAB and on the talk radio app talk radio first up though let's talk more about uh, uh, what's going on uh, with business and indeed those local lockdowns with Lucy Powell she's not just shadow business minister she's also Labour and cooperative MP for Manchester Central one of the areas most affected by the uh, rising Covid case numbers good morning to you Lucy Good morning. I mean, thank you very much indeed for joining us. Just first up, if we could talk about uh, this uh, proposal. We understand that the Chancellor Rishi Snack is going to announce this new furlough scheme, uh, paying workers two thirds of their wages if they are uh, basically required by law not to work in a local lockdown. Is that going to do enough to help people? Well, it's certainly welcome and it's something we've been calling for for a while and it, it, it could have been announced sooner, I think. It would have saved a lot of anxiety. I mean, whether the two thirds level is going to be sufficient is something we'll we'll have to see when it's announced. But what we're saying is that 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 alone won't be sufficient to save businesses from going bust and the people that they employ from being made redundant, because you'll know that businesses have many other overheads 
rather than just the the wage costs. They have rent to pay, they have bills to pay. Uh, many, if we're talking about hospitality businesses, will now have to throw away lots of expensive stock, beer and food and so on, if they are to be closed down overnight. And so we're calling on the government to use the £1.3 billion that they've just clawed back from local authority, uh, authorities from the cash grant scheme, redistribute that money as a matter of urgency to the businesses in the area's hardest hit uh, so that there's a proper cash grant uh, support scheme there to stop thousands of businesses going bust and many tens of thousands of people being made redundant. Well, you mentioned this uh, this clawing back this £1.3 billion. This is uh, emergency grants that the government made available um, that you're saying local authorities are going to have to hand back because they've been unspent. Why Why is any of that money not being spent? Well, there were quite a lot of tight restrictions put around who could qualify for that for that money, and that's part of the reason. So, and so, so some businesses may not have applied for it, but so many many businesses, especially those that are now going to be affected again by these local lockdowns, didn't qualify. And of course, there are those sectors that are still shut from first time around: the weddings industry, the nightclubs, uh, the events industry, and so on. They didn't qualify first time round either. So we say that when you redistribute it, the government also needs to, to give local authorities a great deal more discretion about who can get uh, those cash grants and how much so that it can be on a needs basis uh, for those businesses that, that need it most. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing, isn't it? A lot of these schemes that have been uh, there to help a lot of the businesses hit uh, have been loans. Loans are all very well, but you know, at some point they're going to have to be paid back and we're wondering what they're supposed to be paid back with uh, if people haven't been allowed to trade. Well, exactly. I mean, that's why it's it's in the government's interest, not just from that loan perspective to support these businesses, because if, if the businesses go bust, then the loans that, that many of these businesses have already taken uh, won't be repaid. But of course, if these businesses go bust and their employees are made redundant, you know, this is going to cost the country and cost the Treasury a lot more in the long run because high levels of unemployment uh, cost the Treasury through benefit payments, through loss of tax uh, revenue. And if businesses go bust, it means that, that our emergence out of this economic crisis will be a lot slower and a lot longer because uh, people's livelihoods have been lost and, and we're just going to see shuttered up uh, restaurants and pubs and bars and shuttered up shops uh, in town centres and city centres across the country. Well, indeed, and we've seen the uh, latest uh, figures on GDP, a 2.1% rise, yay, apart from the fact that it was even less than half what the 4.6% uh, the analysts had expected. It's a major slowdown after we saw a 6.4% in July, which many had expected was actually far higher uh, than... Uh, oh, I think we may have just lost Lucy Powers' line. I'm sorry, I had a little bit of... a. Uh, interference on that line as you may have heard I think it may just have gone but we'll do our very best to get her back uh, but uh, obviously we've seen those figures um, I think Lucy we've got you back now um, that 2.1% rise in GDP um, it uh, hides a, a multitude of really bad news in terms of the service industry the construction industry pretty much that seems to have only come about because of the eat out to help out scheme in August um, but um, we are really not seeing the, the bounce back many of us were hoping for well, I think what we're seeing is that, you know, we are going to be living with this now for a lot longer in the more medium term than we thought that that V-shaped sort of recovery uh, is now uh, a pipe dream, quite frankly. And, and that's why we need a, a longer term, a more medium term strategy, not only to deal 
with the virus and how we're going to live alongside it in the medium term, but how we're going to support the economy through what is now going to be a more long-term difficult situation than we'd previously hoped. And it's good to see that there was some growth in, in August, although it was lower than I think uh, predictions. And the Eat Out to Help Out scheme certainly did help with that. But those gains, unfortunately, especially in, in parts of the North, as the government like to call us, um, you know, are going to be lost completely um, if we don't continue that support of businesses. Um, just finally, were you at this meeting with the uh, scientific briefing by Chris Whitty and Edward Argo, the health minister, where they came get, put together some data about why pubs and restaurants had to close? Um, they have been accused of, well, cobbling together. Were you at that meeting and were you convinced by what they had to say? I, I was at that meeting and, and no, I wasn't convinced by the, the sort of slide they showed at the end. I mean, we had lots of very uh, compelling evidence before that about the, the, the rise in the growth of infection rates uh, in parts of the country, the, the rise in hospital admissions and uh, modelling to do with that and, and the difficult situation that, that our health service could potentially face. And then we sort of had this slightly dubious slide right at the end that, that seemed to rule out um, looking at where transmissions are happening in, in other sectors, um, such as in the house, um, in university and education settings, in health and care and so on. They, they were ruled out of the equation and then they just looked at what, where it was happening in all other sectors and said, well, it's mainly uh, restaurants and, and, and bars. And they seem to use a, a US study from a few weeks ago to sort of make this point, yeah. not using their own track and trace figures. And I, it's just not a way to... Online, on DAB and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. Thanks for listening to the Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.